Are you a Dragon Boat athlete? Have you ever thought about joining a team? Hornet Water Sports makes high-performance, lightweight, carbon-fiber Dragon Boat paddles. You can choose from one of their many graphic designs. Don't settle for just a boring black paddle. I love their design so much that I have four different paddles. They also have all of the Dragon Boat accessories that you need, paddle bags, tip covers, tape, and more. Visit their website at hornetwatersports.com and enter the code PINK at checkout to receive 10% off of your order. That's hornetwatersports.com and enter the code PINK. Strokeside Designs is a New York-based fine jewelry company focused on water sports. This is the best jewelry I have found through many years of searching. I love my Dragon Boat Paddle Heart earrings and my pendant. The jewelers at Strokeside Designs have worked for famous jewelry houses such as Tiffany & Company and Cartier. All of the pieces are hand-finished from fine materials. Express your passion for kayaking, canoeing, and dragon boating. Visit PaddleJewelry.com and get free shipping with the code PINK. That is PaddleJewelry.com and enter the code PINK. Thanks for listening today. I forgot to mention that we have made some changes with the podcast and we'll be releasing one episode each week moving forward rather than two. On this episode, my hometown friend since kindergarten, Becky Braun, joined me on the podcast. She was diagnosed with DCIS in May 2013 at the age of 36. Her diagnosis of cancer came only two and a half months after her mom passed away from breast cancer. Becky shared her interesting family history of breast cancer. We talked about the course of treatments and some of the complications that she experienced in her recovery. Take a listen in as Becky shares her story. Welcome to Behind the Pink Ribbon, where we share stories, information, and other content related to breast cancer. My name is Melissa Adams. I am a 12-year genetic breast cancer survivor. I've learned so much through my own journey with breast cancer. I have met some amazing people along the way, many that have become lifelong friends. I have experienced the emotional roller coaster of a breast cancer diagnosis, heartache, anger, frustration, loneliness, and even gratitude. Through this podcast, we will speak to breast cancer survivors, supporters, and healthcare professionals to gain insight and understanding behind the pink ribbon. I'm here today with Becky Braun. Some of my listeners um, who know Becky may also know her as Becky Michalucci. She and I have known each other since kindergarten, so we were five Um and I won't say how old I am at this point, but it's been a very long time that we've known each other. Um, and Becky was diagnosed with uh, ductal carcinoma in C2 in 2013. Um, so thank you for being a part of the show today. I'm excited to have you on. Cool. Thanks, Missy. Or yeah. Melissa, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Still in kindergarten. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Sometimes right. you can't get past that. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so let's talk a little bit about... Um, you know, how you kind of found out that you had breast cancer. I mean, what was, what was going on? Were you doing a self-exam? Were you having a mammogram? Tell me a little bit about that. Well, um, it would have been, it would have, it was, yeah, it was in November and it was the last day of my first semester at CCBC. I'd gone back to college to get some IT training and I got a call from my mom that weekend and they had rushed her and my dad to the hospital. She was having severe pain after eating pizza at the mall. And when they got her up to the hospital and they gave her an x-ray, um, they found cancer everywhere. So that was in November of 2012. And 
it took them two and a half months to find where the cancer was coming from. They could not see it in her immediate breast on an x-ray. So February 11th, they did, this is February 11th, 2013, they did a bilateral MRI on my mother to find that her cancer that had been spread to four different organs started in the back wall of her breast. So she did do standard mammograms, but standard mammography would not have found her cancer. So she had, again, my mother is a well-endowed woman. She's not a heavy woman, but she's well-endowed. She was like a double D all her life. So again, the back, back wall, her breast looked like salt and pepper everywhere. And so she was so sick that we never really got the full type of cancer she had. We were just dealing with the fact of emotions. She was in a lot of pain and it did. It spread from her breast to her spine, to a lung and to her pancreas. So she was numbered. Yeah, Yeah. God really wanted her. So that was, she had passed away on March 14th, the Ides of March. And so two months within that time period, I had been speaking with my own PCP about the stress and stuff like that. And that my oldest sister also had breast cancer. So I was really, really high risk. So this is at 36, I was 36 years old. So right then and there, uh, my doctor sent me to get my first mammogram and to see what was going on to make sure I was safe. Well, my first mammogram was my only mammogram. I hear you on that. It was mine. And yep, that was it for me. They saw it in my right side and it was like at nine o'clock and it looked like salt and pepper in the breast. And so... It was May 1st that I got that call from my PCP and it didn't even hit me when she was saying it to me. Like it didn't hit me that, you know, she's saying DCIS. I don't even know what this means. I mean, I mean, you know, she's saying a lot of words that I just didn't know what any of it meant. Unless you're in that world, you don't automatically associate. Exactly. And And at that point I had been, you know, paying attention to your Facebook pages and you had just, just gone through your cancer and, uh, literally your cancer was probably about a year and a half before mine. I don't even know, but I know it was around the time, but either way, probably about three years before mine, but either way, my mom was sick first and she died. And then again, within two months of her passing, I was diagnosed. So May 1st came around and plans were made between my PCP, the oncologist here and UPMC McGee Women's Hospital. And so July 31st is when I had the double mastectomy. So I'm going to pause you for a second. In that time frame, did you have any of the genetic testing done? I had genetic testing done and there was nothing. There was no. And did your older sister have the testing done? She also had it and she had nothing. Hmm. So we were not. It's not um, in the, it's definitely not in the genes that we're getting the cancer. Yeah. Well, so I always feel like, um, you know, there are new discoveries and I do not believe that 
you know, it's only the BRCA1, BRCA2. You know, I know recently they have found some other ones, um, you know, but it, I, I find it very interesting when, you know, it's mom and then, you know, two daughters, right? That Now, Viola's my stepsister, but she had a mother too. Her mother had breast cancer in the right breast. Oh, but so yeah. she, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so she's from my dad's. Yeah, she's my biological half sister. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I have two older sisters that are with my dad's first marriage. Okay. And um, my two brothers that you know that mm-hmm. are with my mom and my dad. Got so it. okay. I don't know if you know my other brother, but I know you know Ronnie. So yeah, yeah. I okay. do know your other brother. <laughs> That's what yeah, happens you when you live brothers. in a small town. <laughs> oh yeah, we know oh. each other <laughs> exactly. So okay. All right. I mean, I mean that within itself is is pretty interesting. Um, but okay, so it is. It's crazy interesting. It really is. It's very and also my grandmother, my mom's mother also had the breast cancer too. But again, BRAC one and BRAC two came back with nothing. Right. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's. I just. I, I feel like there's probably something. You know, it just seems too, too connected um, to just be a random. Ooh. We do realize, did you have, did you have BRAC? Did you have any have results BRCA. come back on your Yeah, head? I have the BRCA Okay. Because mm-hmm. it's ironic because there's a lot of women from our hometown that had breast cancer. A yes. lot. Yes. A lot. And it's a very high cancerous concentration area anyways. And we can understand that. I mean, we can speculate as to why. Right. That big giant smokestack. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Yeah, we can only speculate. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So, um, so even with, um, so did they, you know, because the DCIS at that point, it's not invasive. It's, you know, considered to be early stage. Did they, did they give you other options or were they just like, they did get, they, they said that we could do just a lumpectomy. And then we talked about, uh, you know, they talked about some, I guess, I think, I mean, it, it is a big, big blur at this point. And this is also at the same time Angelina Jolie had her breast. I mean, she, the exact right. same time period, Angelina Jolie was going through the same thing. And she was doing hers based on the results of a test and her aunt was sick. But the point is for me, I do believe that they wanted to try some kind of therapy and, but the option of the double mastectomy here's how it came about officially so I talked to my PCP and then she scheduled me an appointment with the local uh, surgeon and she was a wonderful surgeon and I really wanted to go with her and she is the one that explained to me that I have breast cancer I'm like wait okay I have breast cancer I think I know I know that my PCP told me on the phone and I was very calm about it but then whenever they're telling you 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 have something wrong you know what I mean it's just like like throwing it's like somebody throwing like a pillow at your head and you just you know kind of just felt it and it just didn't hurt but it takes yeah I mean it's just processing it yeah yeah. you just yeah you just sit there like like you just yeah it just yeah everything's just a big blur but they did offer me some stuff they wanted to do the lumpectomy then we had a full discussion and uh you know they they're not they're not they are sisters they're not twins but if it's going on with the right, it's probably going to happen to the left. And, and then, and then at the time I was at that surgeon, they had not even taken a, um, a sample from the left breast. But then again, when we decided to do the full mass, the bilateral mastectomy, um, and again, when McGee's called me about a week after the surgery to see how I was doing 
And the the young lady on the phone explained to me, yeah, it was in both breasts. I mean, I mean, I knew I did the right thing at that point for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. Cause you wonder, you always wonder, did I take that boob off for no reason? Sorry, guys, I'm saying boob, but you know, we're all ladies here or gentlemen. <laughs> it's fine. But you can point, say boob. <laughs> right. Boob. So the point is like, you know, but yeah, but it was in both and it has been such an adventure because I mean, you know, there's no easy science. When, right. Well, and I, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that it's, you know, it's, first of all, it's very individualized, right? And, you know, we always sure. just, we take in the information that we can. And, you know, sometimes that information is flying at us, you know, at almost what feels like, you know, lightning speed. Um, right. You like know, you're getting hit by a hurricane and yeah. it just, you just, it just blows you away. It does. It right. really does. And I had just lost my mother, you know, right. so I'm still, I, I'm still mourning her and, and I'm, and I'm, trying to comprehend I have cancer you know I did DCIS zero I, it was growing so yeah to, yeah I mean yeah. It's, it was it's hard yeah it's the early stage of it I mean had it been left untouched you know it had I have. waited till 40 to get that yeah. mammogram oh absolutely. I would have been in bad shape yes right. I know yeah. I would have been this in bad shape Dory would have been very very different um right you know and I I always feel like you know because some people are you know very much I'm just going to do one side. Um, you know, I'm not going to touch the other side. It's sure. not broken, you know, whatever. But I always feel like, you know, and that's kind of why we want to do these stories. We want to share these stories because everybody's story is so different. You know, we right. have that same perspective. Yeah, we have that same diagnosis of breast cancer, but my story is different. Your story is different. You know, we don't share the same stories. So I think it's always, you know, for some people, it's good to hear like, okay, yeah, you know, that that makes me feel better. Or, you know, I feel like, okay, I did the right thing. Like, oh, you know, there's some connection that we can make with each other um, through our experiences. So I'm, you know, I mean, I'm glad. You and I were both under 40. Oh, yeah. You and I were both under 40. How in the world is that possible? Right. You know what I mean? But still, like you're saying, you came back with the, the genes and I didn't have the genes. But still, how many women do we know coincidentally from the same town? I mean, it's odd. Oh, absolutely. Odd. Yeah. So odd. Yeah. Well, and not that you and I went to college together, but even even my college, um, the number of women that I've connected with that also have breast cancer, um, that we all went to the same college is kind of insane. That is insane. It's yeah, it's definitely it definitely raises a flag to start. To really get that to start earlier than 40 Yes. Start at 35 at least, because it seems like right after we hit that, that prime of our, our birthing years is when it's coming on. Um, Cause I had my son when I was 29 and I would never have in a million years again, thought that I was going to have breast cancer. Now my sister Viola was 41 when she got her diagnosis, but that just tells me that it needs to happen sooner. And then the other part, my mother being a well-endowed woman, how many women out there are well-endowed that may not even know? And I think bilateral MRI in their cases, I think that honestly, I think bilateral MRI is the way to go because you can see a full scan of the body because they also found that one of my ovaries had, had like grown to the size of a goddamn bowling ball. I'm not kidding you. Wow. From, that's a whole different story just from we don't know. So lately I had a hysterectomy last last December. And um, this is after the, you know, my double mastectomy. But I had missed my um, x-ray to get my chest looked at. So my 
oncologist sent me in to just go ahead and get a whole go get a whole body scan and so they're putting you they put you feet in through those through the uh machine right yeah so <laughs> as it's coming up my legs and it's looking at my female parts it noticed that my right ovary was so overlarged that they couldn't believe that I could not feel that pain and so I had back pain but I didn't you know nobody would have ever prepared you for that so they removed it there was nothing cancerous about it but what was ironic is that I mean dear god had I not had I had I had I not missed had I had I not missed my x-ray that year I would never have discovered that I have a very deformed right ovary right (laughs) and when they took it out they put it in one of those dishes she said she had to go back and get a bigger dish because when they brought it out and it fully went out to its full circumference it was the size of a bowling ball that is awful that is crazy that is crazy. I know. I mean, really, genuinely, like that is, I'm just thinking like, where does, where does that go? How like, does that happen? Does now, it, my, and yeah. that, and, right. Now my gynecologist did the surgery and she said she has seen where the ovary does enlarge, but she said she's never seen anything like that. So yeah, wow. it was like a, <laughs> a medical weirdness. So, so yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, so let's go, um, Back to the breast cancer. Yeah, well, no, I mean, this is all like, this is, you know. Right, yeah, this is stuff that, yeah, I mean, Well, and I think, too, you know, exactly what your point is, is that, you know, and and I I recently had somebody, yeah, I recently had somebody else on the podcast, too, that, you know, she, she stopped getting scans, and because she didn't realize that, you know, even early stage could metastasize, you know, and so I think, you know, exactly what you're saying is that it's really important to, you know, get those scans and to, you know, mammograms serve a purpose, but mammograms aren't the, you know, end all be all. Right. Because my mother, she was, she, she had standard mammograms and they never saw it because they couldn't see it. They cannot see it with that clamp. They had to have a back, they had to have a full visual of her. And unfortunately, you know, medicine is not going to pay for everybody to have bilateral MRIs, but still it's still, it's that important for people that are bigger and that need, no, it's important. It's important. It's important. It's important. It's It's extremely important. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, so what did you do in terms of reconstruction? Did you opt for reconstruction? Did you stay flat? Yeah. Um, No, I opted for reconstruction. And then, so I do, but I did get infected and I did have to have replaced. So I came home July, I came home August 3rd, August 4th. My husband stayed with me for two weeks. Then Tracy Zedeker came and stayed with me for another week. She is, she is a, um, um, uh, she's a nurse's aide. She's a very good person. Yeah. Yeah. And she's been, you know, one of my best friends since kindergarten. Yeah. So anyhow, (laughs) slow band girl. Anyhow, (laughs) um, anyhow. I was due to go back to CCBC to finish, to start my second, no, my third semester. And I wasn't completely healed yet. And I was not able to, I wasn't, okay, first of all, the bra at the hospital had Velcro on it. And when I woke up, I'm, yeah, seriously, I right? Just, I know. Right. Oh. Well, yeah, you just have these envelopes open. You have these stitches, you know, at down at the base of the envelope above your rib cage. And so the bra that they gave me, it was micro, it was like, it was, it, the bra damaged the skin under the left breast to uh-huh. the effect where you could see the derma mesh. 
and the cadaver mesh. Oh, wow. And so, yeah. So my doctor, so basically I'm trying to go back to college. I could not get it together physically, mentally, emotionally. I just could not get myself together. So one of the, so, so the left breast opened and shit, girl, water coming out. I mean, you want to talk about sick. I hate to say it like that, but it makes you crazy to see. You, you, you just can't. You can't imagine. Yes, you can imagine because you know. But I mean, you can't. You. It's hard to imagine standing in front of your bathroom mirror and you see water coming out of the base. And so, yeah, no, I that um, I can't imagine. I'm yeah. So I, mean, I drove myself into Pittsburgh. Oh my gosh. And had yeah, I drove myself into Pittsburgh from CCBC College. And right there, my doctor sent me up to the ER and we had to replace, we did, we did, a, he did an em- emergency replace and cleanup, right? So when they tested the back, uh, they tested, they test the inside of the uh, flesh and stuff like that when they're doing these things to make sure there's no infection. And I did uh, get pseudomonas, pseudo, I can't pronounce it, pseudomonas, it's kind of like a staph infection. Okay. So I had to stay in Pittsburgh Medical for a week on heavy, heavy, um, um, antibiotics, which it didn't do anything to me. It was actually a really relaxing time. Um, and I love the food at, at the hospital. It's so good. <laughs> me too. And you can eat, the best you can eat as much as you want. <laughs> yeah. You can, you can order five times a day <laughs> right? and it's really nice. Right. And oh it's a, it was a beautiful private room. So, so anyhow, the bra, I mean, I won't completely put it all up. No, the bra, the bra, the bra was so important. The bra yeah. was so important. And if, if it's not super duper soft, Girls, don't put it next to your boobs. Girls, well, and do not. So they cut you, like they cut you underneath your breast. Yeah. So like, so yeah. So like on my operation, so they, so if you were to look at my rib cage right above is where they made the suture okay. to go in and pull out all of my breast tissue. Oh. And I was able to keep my nipples too, which they look very nice. They Got look it. very okay. nice. Thank God. Right. My, I mean, cause that is breast tissue. Your nipples and your areola are right. breast tissue, but nothing happened bad to them. So anyhow, yeah, my sutures are directly from basically, basically, you know, to the, just, to, it's like the envelope, like literally right. where your bra, bra sits, your right. bra strap okay. will sit. So kind of like your so, sternum over to, that's right. Okay. okay. To the to the middle of the breast. To the yeah, along the rib cage. So I mean, so I just yeah, assume everybody side. has the same kind of scars that I do. Mine are diagonals. I right do down too. Yeah, it's, it's it is different. It okay. is different. Yeah, because yeah, my sister Viola, she has different sutures too. Yeah, like because obviously we're sisters. We stood there and compared. Well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't. And then she saw mine and went back to her doctor to get bigger ones. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, I think you know. I I think you make a great point because I would have never. I would have never realized that. I mean, I know the bras, exactly what you're talking about. Um, yeah. You know, but Make sure my, they're super duper soft. Yeah. Yep. And, but where my incisions were, you know, it didn't have an, a, you know, any kind of impact. Um, but where yours were, I could absolutely see how it would, you know, ha- cause some irritation yes. and then, yes. you know, it potentially lead to an infection. Wow. Well, exactly. And that's right. It's exactly where, like when you're, carrying your JP tubes and yeah. you're wearing those, you know, you have the little hooks that are right below that, right below your nipple area, you know what I mean? Directly symmetrical with your, you know, in line uh, and you're hanging, you have these little tubes for about what, three weeks sometimes. Yeah. And you have these things coming out of each side of your armpits to drain into them. And, you know, which I didn't mind the JP drips. I didn't mind them, but yeah, they are kind of, you know, though. 
Yeah. And then like, you know, and I, I can't, I still can't pronounce it. Like that thing that, that the gym, that your gym coach always wore to blow the whistle. I can't remember. What is it? What are the, what are those things called around your neck? Um, to hold your, they hold your JP tube. So when you're showering is basically what they are. What oh, are the they? lanyard? Oh. Lanyards. Yeah. Damn, I hate that word. Lanyard. <laughs> I didn't even know what a lanyard was <laughs> until all of this. And so I didn't know to go and just get a nice, you know, lanyard, which I had a couple. And just, you know, hold these up around, you know, put your little, you know, to hold the JP drips yeah. in place so that you can shower properly. Right. Lanyard. I hate that word. <laughs> That's so funny. And freaking lanyard. Designer lanyard. So have $20 you... <laughs> lanyard. It, it comes all blingy. <laughs> it does, right. The so... whole word lanyard just needs to be tossed. <laughs> That's so funny. I hate lanyard. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of um, after that, you know, once they took care of that, have you had any other problems since then? Or was that kind of the well, last? No problems. No, 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 like infectious problems. But what happened here was, is that when I was healing in the right side anyways, that boob was kind of square only because the, 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 the there was a uh, fatty tissue, fatty scar tissue to the left where the muscle wall and the fat connect to the sternum area. So right there, there was the healing there was not properly healing. And I had a little bit of a fold in the left nipple areola, not, not a big fold. Like I'm talking like a minute fold. So he fixed those up, but this right side had issues. A it was the one with the issue in the first place. It's how we found out we had to go. We had cancer coming and we had to get rid of it. And so this right side, it actually started to, it, it, it wasn't healing properly. It was actually starting to descend over top of my rib cage and you could, it was awful. Oh, oh my wow. God. Awful. Oh God. Oh God. It's like, I can't even touch a freaking, I can't touch chicken. I can't touch turkey anymore to cook it. After you've had breast cancer, there's something about touching a piece of chicken or a piece of raw turkey that I just can't do anymore because yeah, like I had that little bit of dimpling going on. You know how like right. your skin dimples when it's not completely firm and it's not, that's what was going on. And so I went in back in just September, this past September, and we did it on December 9th and he cleaned them up and they're beautiful. God, are they beautiful? Well, good. <laughs> but yeah, but like, you, but I'm still numb. I'm still numb, yeah. but that's oh, normal. Yeah. I'm used to being it's, numb under my armpit. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I have a lot of a little bit. numbness in lots yeah. of places um, still. And it's 13 years for me. So. Right. And mine's mindset. Well, yeah, I just recently was open to get this right side adjusted. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I always have numbness. Never, no more sensation. No. That's okay. I don't mind. I don't care. That I know. Well, initially me. when I... <laughs> When I first got them, when I first um, had the exchange from the expanders to the implants, I would bump into things um, with my, with my, well, I call them foobs because they're, you know, fake <laughs> boobs. Um, but I would bump into things, but I didn't know that I was bumping into things <laughs> because right. I have right. no sensation there. Right. I am scared yeah. to death to like touch a cookie tray coming out of the oven. You're like, yeah, I am not, I'm five foot one and everything, you know, I'm short anyway. So right. yeah, I, yeah, I'm not, no, we're not going to go play with hot coals today. You know, no. yeah, <laughs> couldn't it's leave like me. the craziest things like you never even realized or thought. No, right. Um, you do like, 
Yeah. Or like my cat, like my cat, I'll be at my desk and she'll come up and bump me and she's bumping me on the boob and I don't even realize it. You right. Know, like, I know she's there, but she's like giving me a headbutt. It's like, thanks, kitty. You know, yeah. and she keeps doing it because it's so billowy. I know. They're, I know just, they're interesting things. I used to take a pencil to because I always felt like if I'm touching it, I can feel it in my fingers. So I know that I'm feeling it. So I used to take a pencil and I would just poke um, to see Ooh. where I had sensation and where I didn't have sensation. <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so. I mean, it's an adventure. It's certainly, I mean, I had to have a couple surgeries to get it right. I mean, it wasn't right the first time, yeah. but, um, but, you know, I mean, I love my doctor. I love my doctor. And I researched and researched before I picked one too, you know, yeah. but um, my doctor is phenomenal. Good. Dr. Newen in Pittsburgh and God bless him. He is so good looking and he has great looking <laughs> socks. His socks are the best. And I know if there's anybody in Pittsburgh listening to this, you probably have him as your cert. You know, he, he's probably your uh, plastic surgeon too, because he's one of the best. Yeah. Beaver County didn't have any. That's why I didn't get my surgery in Beaver County. I the, I the surgeon could have done it here, but she couldn't do it because we didn't have a plastic surgeon here. Oh, that's and crazy. Would have to, I would have had to waited, you know, for some time to get whomever. And so our plastic surgeon had passed away and he was fantastic. But anyhow, um, my niece at the time though, she was uh, doing her intern with UPMC and, and, and we both know living in, in, in Pittsburgh area, UPMC McGee's is the place yes. for me. Anyhow, they are the place for breast cancer. Oh, and thank God, because they're good. They're yeah, really they good. Dr. Yeah. Johnston, Dr. Johnston was the surgeon and, um, and he did a remarkable job. He's the one that saved my breast, my nipples. You know what I mean? He's the one that saved the areola by scraping all the breast tissue out as good as he possibly could. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Well, and it's, I mean, it's crazy. genuinely, it is very important to have a good, solid team. Um, exactly. And they should yeah. be a team. You're right. That's the other oh, part. Absolutely. Like, you wouldn't know to think that the, 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 talk to your surgeon who who do you work best with and who have you seen results with that was the other deciding factor my plastic surgeon came from three recommendations so and all three of them are like are still a part of my life with the exception of the actual surgeon yeah but uh yeah it has to be a team that's familiar with each other absolutely and that's the other thing too just trust that doctor he knows what he's talking about he's doing this and this guy was a breast surgeon not a general surgeon a breast surgeon which is even more important because you know what you want somebody if you want the best pizza in town you go to the you go to the same place if you want the best surgeon you go to the one you know go to one that is specializing in that if you can, if right. you can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is, you know, not every, not everywhere has, you know, a breast Best surgeon. medical advancements. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. They'll have a general surgeon and, you know, it, it kind of makes me cringe, but you know, it's, yeah. it's whatever, what's yeah. available and, you know, sometimes you just have to go with it. So put your faith into that. Right. <sighs> that's it for sure. Well, my friend since kindergarten, <laughs> um, right. I want to thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Right, this was it a was, fun conversation. Oh my gosh, it was a great conversation. <laughs> I feel like it's just kind of like, you know, like we talked about Sitting earlier. We just, bus. Yeah, right. we pick up the phone, you know, maybe just a little little older of a school bus. <laughs> um, right. You know, and just right. chatting. So it's been a great conversation. And, you know, I thank you so much for sharing your story. And, you know, I always appreciate the fact that you are one of my biggest cheerleaders and you know that I always have your back. Um, you know, we're always in this together, but I thank you for your time and, and being a part of the podcast. 
Oh yeah, man, keep in touch. Of course. Thank you for listening to this episode of Behind the Pink Ribbon. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you or anyone you know would be interested in sharing your story, please send an email to podcast at behindthepinkribbon.com. Thinking about advertising on this podcast? Our ads not only create awareness for your brand, but also contribute to the continued growth and support of this show. Email us today and be on our next episode. Email podcast at behindthepinkribbon.com for more information. You've been listening to Behind the Pink Ribbon, produced by American Creative Consulting, mixed and mastered at Riverview Podcasting Studios. For more information, please visit designbyacc.com.